Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Corner of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. The voice you heard calling those uh, touchdown plays and saying just win, baby, that was Jason Horowitz. You'll hear him coming up on this show in 30 minutes at 3.30, the voice of the silver and black. Jason Horowitz will join the show. We'll have Lincoln Kennedy at 4 and Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 4.30. Right now, they'll want to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200. Also, our text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We got Josh Jacobs coming up at 3.15. We're going to hear from him inside the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor sent that over to us, so you get a couple minutes with JJ. Uh, want to get to a couple texts, then you'll hear from Josina Anderson on Josh Jacobs. So as you can tell, we've got plenty to get to here in the show. Uh, first, got a text from Mailman Raider. Said, Q, I'm going to throw out something different I'm most concerned about, and that's us. We can't beat ourselves. We love to play to our opponent's level. We need a full game of consistency. Limit the penalties and take care of business in the red zone on both sides of the ball. We need to go into next week with DeMond's favorite, momentum. That is Mailman Raider, and that's going back to Fargo Raider's call when he said playing down to the level of the competition, and the Raiders for years have done that. And I never understood why. Just go out there, and if it's a team you can beat the brakes off, beat the brakes off them. It's just sometimes as an organization they get into that mode where it's like, oh, this is an easy dub, and then they just don't go out there and perform the way that they should. And I'll say this. I don't think this is going to be an easy game anyway, regardless of the schedule or the, uh, the record of the Saints. They're a team that believes that they can win their division. Their division, if you've looked at it, I mean, a team that's under 500 is winning their division right now. Right? I mean, they definitely have an opportunity to go and turn things around and win that division. So they're not waving the white flag. They're not saying we're out of it. They're not saying we stink. They're not doing any of that. They're still in the mix there. Right? They, I mean, you got the Panthers in that division. You know they're cooked. The Falcons, you could say that they're cooked. The only other team that they're talking about is Tampa Bay. And, and Tampa Bay, they don't even have a 500 record. The right? Falcons have the tie. They're tied for first I know, but do you, really believe, do you really believe the Falcons are going are gonna to go on a run and win that division? No, but Tampa Bay, they play the Ravens tonight, and I think they're going to lose. So it's just like, I don't know, just to dismiss Atlanta. They're in first place, technically. I know, but they, I just don't – I think that they – I just think they stink. But you're right. I mean, let me, let me give you the credit for that. You're right about that. I just think that if you look at Tampa Bay and Atlanta and you had to pick one of those two teams to win a division, which one are you going to pick? Tampa. I mean – right. I'm rolling with Tampa, but they're a mess too. That's my point. This division – you know, I'm sure the Raiders are looking at that division like, damn, I sure wish we played in that division, right? I mean, because right now, I mean, you're, you're sitting there looking at, a, you know, a great chance to go on a run. And I'm with you. I think Tampa Bay probably loses tonight. But it, that's just a, that's a bad division. And the Saints, regardless of their record, feel like they have a chance to, to win their division. So they're going to try to get things turned around quick, fast, in a hurry. And, and, you know, we talked to John Hendricks earlier. And, hell, he said that Alvin Kamara is mad because he's not used to losing. He's not used to that losing stuff, so they're going to try to get things turned around, and they're looking at the Raiders just like the guy from Houston that I you know, interviewed on my, my Locked On Raider podcast last week. Oh, the Raiders are a bad team. That's how, the, that's how the Saints are probably looking at the Raiders. Oh, they're a bad team. And then I know with Alvin Kamara when he said like he's not used to losing, people forget that these, these Saints teams, these core players, they're teams that looking like, hey, they had two bad breaks in the playoffs where they're like, hey, man, we should have been in the Super Bowl. Right. So Absolutely. it's like these are they, – they are – 
usually when they had the Sean Payton, these were some great teams. Exactly. You know, you, you're replacing a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're replacing a Hall of Fame coach just about. Sean Payton's a hell of a coach. I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame coach, but he's a hell of a coach, right? There's no doubt about that. And so Dennis Allen's got some big shoes to fill. And, of course, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, whatever the case may be, they got big shoes to fill. And I don't think that obviously either one of those guys are the real deal answer there in New Orleans, but they're the answer for right now. And Andy Dalton's the guy for this game. So we'll see how it shakes out. So uh, thank you so much for that text. Let me see. Let me get one more text in uh, real quick. And this one is, so Fargo Raider, to, this is from the 707. So Fargo Raider took the words out of my mouth. There's nothing with the Saints that's overly concerning. It's just a must-win game against a team that should be beat. That is a concern for me. The habit of making non-elite quarterbacks look elite and backup running backs look like Pro Bowl candidates is scary for any given game. Plus, the Grand Canyon located between our linebackers and safeties is a concern. So, not so much the Saints. Let's hope last week's fourth quarter team shows up for the whole contest. That team is exciting. So, there you go. Going back to playing le- down to the level of the competition. And I do think that the Saints are going to put up some points. I think that the defense is going to have to come up with a play or two, maybe create a turnover or two, to really give the, the Raiders an opportunity on a short field to go ahead and cash in. So, uh, that's a good, good text right there. You can keep those coming at 69187, keyword R&R. Hugh, a text that I did want to get into, I don't think you got into it. It was from the 408. If we beat the Saints, maybe trade for Honey Badger. I think they'd be sellers. And not so much that I think that the Raiders need to trade for Tyron Matthew, but John didn't mention him when you meant, when you brought up the secondary, right? It's true. No, no, he so, didn't. Because I was thinking about Tyron Matthew, too, but you asked a question about the secondary, and maybe John is just, just could have slipped his mind, but he didn't even mention Tyron Matthew. So to answer that question... I don't, I don't know how productive he's been down there in New Orleans. Right. No, that's a good, that's a good point, and I'm not too sure. Um, but I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if they'd be sellers right away because, again, their division's so bad. Yeah, right? I, just, I don't think they'd be sellers anyway, but I don't think that he's something that the Raiders should want to be buying is right. the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're spot on. You're spot on about that. I'm just trying to all of a sudden go through my mind in the, in the, you know, real quickly uh, about their roster and who, okay, if they're sellers – who would you want to go pick up? But I honestly don't think that they'll be sellers. If they lose this game on Sunday, they'll be 2-6. and six. Again, the team in first place, or the teams, I should say, in first place, the Buccaneers and the Falcons are 3-4. and four, Right? I mean, that's who's in first place, 3-4. and four. So I don't think that they're going to be ready to be sellers at all because, again, a couple of good games, and they could be right back into the thick of things. Uh, let's go over the injury report real quick, and then we'll hear from Josina Anderson on Josh Jacobs. Uh, there was a bunch of guys that were out on uh, Wednesday due to illness. That was Jonathan Abram, Devontae Adams, Tashawn Bauer, and also Cleve Furl. Well, Abram returned, Bauer returned, and Cleve Furl returned. Devontae Adams did not participate. Uh, he's still out with the illness. Uh, Abram was limited. Also, uh, Cleve was limited. And Tishon Bauer, he, oh, no, Tishon Bauer, he did not participate either, so he didn't return to practice either. So uh, Abram came back in a limited capacity, and Cleve Farrell came back in a limited capacity. Adams and Bauer are still out. Uh, Jayon Brown dealing with the hamstring injury, he's still limited. Derek Carr was dealing with a back injury, was limited on Wednesday. He fully participated on Thursday. That's good. Uh, Divine Diablo dealing with the back and ankle injury, didn't participate on Wednesday, didn't participate today. Jermaine Illuminor remained limited with the knee injury. That was Wednesday and Thursday for Illuminor. Also, Mac Hollins dealing with the heel injury, limited both yesterday and today. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who you'll hear from in a little bit, dealing with the foot injury, limited on Wednesday, limited today. Hunter Renfro with the hip, limited on Wednesday, fully participant on Thursday. DJ Turner, hamstring, limited Wednesday, limited today. And also Darren Waller with the hamstring, limited Wednesday, limited on Thursday. So uh, that's the injury report from the silver and black side. Uh, as far as the Saints go, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, uh, Adam Trotman, 
and Marshawn Latimer, all four guys did not participate as they're dealing with their own injuries. Guys that were limited, uh, guard Andrews Pete, uh, wide receiver Keith Kirkwood, uh, quarterback Paulson Adebo, and then tackle Ryan Ramchick. Those were all limited guys, guys that were full participants. Oh, Jawan Johnson, excuse me, the tight end, he was limited as well. Uh, he was a new, a new addition to the uh, report for the Saints. And then guys that uh, practiced fully, Peyton Turner, defensive end, quarterback Jameis Winston, uh, and then guard Calvin Throckmorton with dealing with the hip injury. He was a full participant as well. So there you go. That's the injury report for Thursday. We'll get another one around this time on tomorrow. So right now, let's go out to this sound that DeMond was able to pull from Josina Anderson. She's been a guest on the show before. She works for CBS Sports, and she was being asked about Josh Jacobs and what the feeling in the, inside the building, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, is on Josh Jacobs and what they could potentially be doing or thinking when it comes to a contract situation. Switching gears, talking about some guys having some breakout season, starting off with the Raiders' Josh Jacobs. You know, Jacobs, 143 yards, three touchdowns in Sunday's win over the Texans. Back-to-back games with 140-plus rushing yards. Now, we know the Raiders declined his fifth-year option. I mean, what do you think happens to uh, Josh Jacobs here in the postseason or on the postseason, the free agency, I should say? How much of a case is he making for himself as he goes into free agency? So I was just going to read you a couple of texts that I got from a Raider source <laughs> okay. this morning on uh, the situation with uh, Josh Jacobs. And one of the things that they said about him um, is that he's the best player on the team. Uh, they include that with uh, him and also uh, Devontae Adams, who they obviously feel, you know, can, you know, continue to come along. And for this particular source, and I, I'll, I'll contextualize it to say it's not a decision-making source, but somebody, you know, relative to the team uh, saying that they feel it would be a no-brainer to go ahead and extend him. You mentioned that they did not opt to give him the fifth-year option. And in the last three games, he's been averaging over 140 yards. But then this source said that Josh Jacobs uh, averaging 140-plus equal wins and that they feel like their passing game runs off of their uh, run game and so this is what you need and that's why it breaks down and that they should be continuing to go with the 20 plus carries that he's been getting in the last three games which has obviously contributed to upping the um, the rushing production uh, one of the options that the team could do here is to one approach him with a multi-year deal uh, before he hits free agency. The issue with that, as I was talking to a source this morning, is that they're already you know, paying Devontae Adams, they're paying Hunter Renfro, and they have the highest paid tight end in the league. So that would be another position that you would be paying a skilled player on offense to do that. And they would have to decide if that's the balance of what they want to do. Um, the other thing would be to franchise tag him, which essentially would guarantee that you would have him for at least another year, because the last likelihood that another team matching on that would require uh, two first rounders, which is typically what does not happen because no team is giving uh, two first rounders for a tag player. So that's why you in that situation, sometimes teams can opt to do a sign in trade which is what the Packers did with Devontae Adams last season by uh, tagging him and then conducting a sign and trade that ended up having Devontae Adams leave from Green Bay and going to the Raiders. So it just depends really on how you quantify the value of the running back. When you look at Josh McDaniels and teams with the Patriots historically, they have done it by running back committee. So it will be interesting to see what the Raiders opt to do based on how they value the position. But if he goes into free agency, when you're looking at the running back market right now, 
now with Christian McCaffrey having the uh, highest average at 16 and then players like um, Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook after that with 15 or what have you. Um, how much could he go up from being on a four year, 11 year uh, million deal, excuse me, a four year, $11 million deal off his rookie contract and the franchise tag probably going to land him around 10 million if they opt to do that relative to what he could get in free agency when you look at the top of the market being at 16 right now and how he could do. So I would think Josh Jacobs would like to test free agency if it continues to go the way that it is right now. We'll see how the Raiders value the position relative to his production and if it keeps going. Do you want to there you go. There's uh, Josina Anderson talking about Josh Jacobs, his potential contract, what she's hearing from folks inside the building. And again, she said it's not a decision maker that she was co- communicating with, but uh, somebody inside the building that was talking to her about the about Josh Jacobs and what he does. And again, just like I tweeted multiple times on Sunday watching the game, and I even labeled my podcast on Monday, great things happen when Josh Jacobs touches the ball. It's just that simple. Regardless of what the Raiders thought going into the season, you heard Josina talk about running back like commit by committee i thought it was going to be running back by committee Vinny thought it was going to be running back by committee anyone who you talk to about the raiders all thought it was going to be running back by committee josh jacobs changed that game plan josh jacobs himself is the one that said oh no no oh no my friends we are not doing running back by committee i ain't coming off this field and that's good great for him i love the fact that he did that and he's been a difference maker and really the offense just like she said the passing game opens up when Josh Jacobs gets rolling. You know the old saying, the run game opens up the pass game? That's literally what's going on with the Raiders right now. The run game is opening up the pass game. So we'll see how they, how they work his contract, if they work his contract, how they value him and his contract, just like you heard from Josie and Anderson. 3.15 is the time. When we come back, you'll hear from the man himself, Josh Jacobs. Vinny Bonsignor had a chance to catch up with him in the Raiders locker room following practice. You'll hear that next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black, will join us at 3.30. Talk all things Raiders. I have to start off and ask him if uh, the game on Sunday was indeed his wife's first game because if it was, then she's stuck. <laughs> no options. Don't care. She's got to go to every single game as long as it's working. Want to give a quick update. Uh, Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network tweeted out, Devontae Adams missed practice for a second straight day while battling what sources describe as a bad flu. There's optimism he'll be over it and ready to go Sunday versus Saints. So that's Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network talking about Devontae Adams and his illness that he has that showed up on the injury report. Of course, we'll find out again tomorrow uh, if he's able to practice or not, what the status is, and then we'll find out officially what the status is come Sunday. But uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, Devontae Adams will be good to go. Another guy that, well, Raider Nation hopes is good to go each and every week and more than just this year. You know, I think that all of Raider Nation would love to see Josh Jacobs uh, rocking the silver and black for a lot longer than just this year. That's uh, Jason, that's Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has been leading the charge the last three games, uh, really been running strong all season long, but early in the season wasn't really getting the carries. Now he's getting all the touches, and he's doing a lot with it. So Vinny Bonsignor and a couple others, including Heidi Fang, were able to catch up with Josh Jacobs in the locker room following practice today. You expect him to load up like eight, eight or nine guys maybe up front just to try and slow you down a little bit after the last three weeks? Uh, I think that they got the type of defense. They're very physical, so I think that they got to like run first, stop the run first type defense. Um, so I definitely don't know what they got planned, but it, it's going to be interesting to see. 
What kind of confidence uh, do you get when last week the, the Texans did something different defensively than they normally do? They brought a safety down, but you guys were still able to—you guys were still able to, to run. Um, what kind of confidence does that give you that even when they load up against the run, you guys can run against? Yeah, them? I mean, uh, I think that's just about preparation. Like last week, they came out in a, a dominant front, and we didn't practice that the whole week. So uh, when we came out and seen it early, they kind of stopped us early, and we made adjustments. So. I guess that's a uh, testament to the, the players knowing they, they stuff and, and the coaches making adjustments. You mentioned wearing the Darth Vader socks against the Broncos. Have you wearing them since? <laughs> yeah, I wore it a couple. Uh, I wore them a couple of times, uh, but I, I think I'm going to switch it up. This time. Maybe next week I'm going to uh, I'm not really superstitious, you know. I'm one of them dudes. I don't got a pre. I don't got a pregame routine. Have you ever played at this venue? Did, did you guys go through at Alabama? What, yeah. Did you win the? We played there. I mean, anytime I've ever played there or, or Atlanta, I've, I've never lost. So. What, was it a playoff game or? Oh yeah, uh, I don't know if it was a bowl. It had to be a bowl. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Sugar bowl. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned some of those guys are from. They have like Demario Davis, for instance. He's pretty you know, good on the interior there. What do you make of a guy like him and the way that he can come at you? Oh, uh, what is he like? Uh, Fifty-six. Yeah, I know. I'm saying like he's. I think he's like fifth in like sacks right now. Mm-hmm. Something like that, as an inside linebacker, I think that's like unheard of. Uh, so obviously that's just a testament to what kind of player he is. Um, I played against him one time in my career. I definitely remember who he is. So he, I mean, he has my respect definitely. What about Pete Warner? He's another guy that kind of flies and flows to the football. Really done good in run support. Also going pass coverage. What does he provide on that back end of that defense there? Yeah. I mean, and whenever you get a DB in general um, that can come down and is not afraid to tackle, I feel like that's always a, a win. And then, you know, obviously he can cover too. So I'll just be looking at certain people and I'll be like, okay, I'm a, I'm a tally each time, you know, when, when my matchup with them. And that's kind of how I judge, like, players and things like that when I go against them. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how we match up together. There you go. Running back Josh Jacobs in the locker room following practice today. Uh, there'll be more of that where that comes from. We'll also catch up with Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 4.30 uh, to get his thoughts on just what it looked like, how the practice was going, uh, all that good stuff. And, you know, again, the guys that are missing, especially Devontae Adams and uh, also Tashawn Bauer. I know he hasn't got a lot of burn this year, but I know Tashawn Bauer uh, also out with that illness. So we'll catch up with uh, Vinny at 4.30 and just get his thoughts on what he's seeing and what he was hearing today out at practice we also asked the question we threw it out there uh 702-365-9200 also 69187 keyword r we're talking about who or what concerns you the most about this saints team as the raiders prepare to fly to new orleans and take them on on sunday of course it's halloween weekend should be a hell of an environment raider nation is going to be there and be all uh, fired up i saw just when wendy actually uh tweeted at us and let us know that i believe she arrived already so there you go Raider Nation is showing up to uh, to New Orleans a little early, you know, so, soaking in. They're they're on that Vinny schedule, Demond. You know the <laughs> you know the the newspaper people. What I mean by that, and people don't understand, the newspaper people take off super early to go to a game. Games on Thursday or games on Sunday, man, they're taking off on Thursday. They're like, well, we gotta go. Like, hey, man, the, the, the game ain't till Sunday. No, we got to take in the whole experience. So. Got to get settled in the hotel room. <laughs> Jet lag, you know, you're going, going, skipping over a couple of time zones. 
You know, it's 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 the whole deal. That newspaper money, man, is different, brother. I'm telling you, man, those outlets are different. They they don't mind you being gone for a couple days. Us radio budgets, man, look, the game's on Sunday. We're flying out maybe early on Saturday. We might be staying overnight until Sunday. And then as soon as the game's over, as soon as the locker room's over, we're making a beeline right back to the airport coming back. That's how we radio folks do it. The newspaper budget, it's a little bit better than ours. I was going to say, if you can get if you can find the right flights, do it all in one day. Oh, been there, done that. <laughs> been there, done that, my man. I I know, man, I'll tell you, it, it kind of goes back to when I uh, when I came back from that game against the Chargers on the first week of the season when I drove to L.A. And I drove down there Saturday afternoon, drove back fr- uh, Sunday right after the game was over. And, man, uh, oh, man, about halfway through that drive. You were seeing stuff. Yeah, I was seeing stuff, man. I was seeing stuff I ain't never seen before in my life, but I was seeing it. It was incredible. So, yeah, those the budgets are definitely different, man. Us radio guys, we do the best we can. Those newspaper casts, Ed Graney and Vinny and everyone else that represents the RJ, Heidi, Adam Hill, yeah, they got a better budget than we do. That's for sure. Uh, let's get one quick text in from Rob in Oakland. The more I think about this New Orleans game, the, I'm getting increasingly concerned. I think we have more talent than Houston and yet trailed at the beginning of the fourth quarter and didn't even force a punt until 11.29 left in the game. This was a home game with a 1.05 p.m. start, and I thought the Raiders played down for the first three quarters. Our tackling has been poor at times, and both Hill and Kamara run hard and fast. Many of us don't take Dalton seriously, but Davis Mills was very efficient and effective, even though their beat writers told us he had regressed this season. New Orleans has experienced players that have had success in the past, Beating them in their place with an early start time is going to be a serious challenge. That's Robin Oakland. And I'll tell you what, man, I agree with Robin Oakland 100%, especially with the whole Davis Mills. And I know some people have kind of gave us a little pushback, but Davis Mills was having himself a day. You know, we talked to John McClain on Tuesday. He said that's the best he's played all season. He was having himself a day. That's why the secondary is a concern for me. Because he was out there just throwing the, the, the ball around the yard like he had no concerns, no worries. And that dime he threw in the, in the end zone was one of the best throws I've seen from opposing quarterback against the Raiders this year. He, and, he, and I know he's not a good quarterback. I know he's not a great quarterback. But he was looking like he was pretty stinking good. So, yeah, I'm with Rob 100%. You know, I mean, again, I'm sitting there in the press box on Sunday thinking about this game while I'm watching Houston and, and the Raiders. And I'm thinking, man. Houston's trying to really take uh, take the Raiders' lunch money. And, of course, things changed in the fourth quarter. Once they got into the fourth quarter, the Raiders were losing, went on a 21 nothing run, which is great. But can you count on that all the time? Is that sustainable? That's a big question. So I think, Rob, what he's saying is spot on. And that's why I'm asking the question, what about the Saints concerns you the most? It could be a player. It could be a unit. It could be a position. I mean, it, it could be a, a lot of different things. It could be the venue kickoff time there's a lot that could concern you about this game so i want to hear from you 69187 keyword r coming up next we'll hear from the voice of the silver and black that's jason horowitz this is rare nation radio 920 it's unnecessary roughness the judge lester hayes joining us now that's yq of course our team kept winning kept winning q because of our training you got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got your calls and texts on the way. 702-365-9200. Text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We'll get to those in a minute. 
Right now, though, we have the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz. He joins us on the phone lines. And, Jason, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Before we get started, I have to ask, every time I hear that Lester Hayes drop right there, I think of what went wrong for me a couple weeks ago against my guy Vegas Jess while I was trying to be a defensive back. Have you ever done something that you realize, you know what, I'm way too old to be out here doing this. That was my yesteryear. I need to go ahead and let someone else do this. Every time I try to do something athletic. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, I think I've told you this story before, but do you remember, have I told you the story about what happened in the weekend between uh, my boss with the Raiders, who's in charge of entertainment, and I'm not specific what his title is, but the guy who had the Brad Finney right. uh, and Mr. Davis, and then uh, the actual interview. Did I tell you about this? No. What happened? So, so I was in an old man softball league uh, <laughs> this summer, and uh, on opening day, which happened to be Father's Day, I was running in to try and catch a line drive, and felt like I had never had that feeling before. Like immediately crumbled to the ground. <laughs> thought I tore up my knee. I knew there was, like, some in the inconsistencies in the grass and all that stuff, but I stuck to something. Anyway, long story short, go to the hospital, whole thing. I have a quad injury. Wow. Um, nothing, nothing, you know, totally torn. It's going to take a few weeks to heal, whatever. It had been, like, four weeks, and it was, I had talked to Brad Finney with the Raiders on a Friday night. We're going to interview on Monday. And uh, it's Sunday morning, and... I'm, you know, I feel good. There's a lot going on. I'm excited. I'm an interview for the Raiders job. I'm going to go for a run. Well, my leg was like, nah, no, you're not. And just a little bit, I fell and broke my elbow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so that was this summer. Um, and, you know, I've had a couple of experiences since then. I feel somewhat back to normal. Um, but, yeah, I did my interview. The morning I interviewed uh, with Brad and the Raiders, uh, I, my wife and I had to figure out how to get me into a collared shirt because we were cast in a sling. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. That's even worse than what I did. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so much better now. Okay, this is what happened. On the, the weekend that the Raiders had a bye, right, right after the Chiefs game, Friday night, I'm at the house. My buddy Vegas Jess and his wife comes over. His kids come over. We're all hanging out at the house. And all of a sudden, we start talking trash about football. And his son says, well, I wish we had a football right now. We could go outside and, you know, play catch and run some routes. And I said, oh, I have one. So I go upstairs and I find a black football, of course. And we're playing outside at, at night. And so I'm playing DB, man. I think I'm Charles Woodson. I'm just, I'm, I'm holding it down. Every time I break up a pass, I'm getting louder. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking trash. I'm feeling good about myself. I go up against Vegas Jess, and he pushes off in the small of my back, and we're on the concrete, and all you hear, Jason, is my footsteps go pat, 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 and then I go straight down to the <laughs> ground, and it's a wrap. I mean, my hands are all tore up. My shoes that were white, they're, uh, they got holes in them. They're dirty. My white-collar shirt's jacked up. It was all bad. Matter of fact, this is what it sounded like. Check this out, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's the person in the background that says we need a medic? That's that's my buddy Jason. That's his uh, that's his girlfriend Demi, and she's actually she she works in the hospital. So I think that was like her natural instincts kicking in. Like, okay, we need a medic. Cues down, man down, man down. <laughs> Dude, I I I had I've been to the hospital 
more times in the last 18 months in my entire life. Oh, wow. And, and actually, you know, we have three kids, so we've been to the hospital those three times for the delivery of all three. Right. And, uh, and I've been to the hospital three times in the last 18 months. Wow. So, you know, nice. between, uh, well, I'll let you into something from this weekend. Um, so in February of 2021, I had, and this is the first time it happened, so I didn't know it, I had kidney stones. Okay. And so for anyone who's ever had kidney stones, woman or man, they say it's as painful as anything in the world. And I can tell you firsthand, um, that is an accurate assessment. Well, fast forward to three day, uh, to last Friday, getting ready. My wife's coming. You met her. Yep. Coming out to Vegas. We're getting ready. We're going to have a whole weekend. It's been planned for a while. We haven't had one, just the two of us for a while. It's going to be great. Friday morning, I wake up, kidney stones oh, all over wow. again. And it wasn't as bad as 2021. I didn't go to the hospital. I wasn't in the ambulance throwing up on myself and the whole thing. Because, uh, you know, at this point now, I know what it feels like and all that stuff. But I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And uh, so, long story short, all good, all good. But I might have broadcasted the game on the injured list. Wow. Hey, but you did it, though. You broadcast it, you were on the injured list, and you still came through with a dub, and you were able to uh, broadcast a W, which actually, Jason, leads me to my next question. You mentioned uh, your wife, and I got to meet her, and that was awesome. Was that her first time being at a Raider game? Yes. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> that might have only been her third time ever at a football game. Wow. <laughs> um, there, you, there you go. It's funny, you know, you guys, you, you know, most people just assume that, hey, I work in sports, I've always worked in sports, and like what I do and all that good stuff, which is true. But I married into a family that's very uh, well-rounded. We do we do a whole lot of uh, we do a whole lot of orchestra, philharmonic. Her family's big into the her family's big into the symphony and the opera. Um, so it wasn't really until until we kind of got together and like I remember taking her her dad. To a, a, a Eagles game where Michael Vick was the quarterback. Wow! And that was the that was the first ever football game she had ever gone to. Uh, and you think we, you think we had a bad game week two against the Cardinals? You got to go back to when Michael Vick led the Eagles to a blown lead against the Lions. Whew, that was rough. Man, I can only imagine. Well, I say that, I asked that question because I started the show when I was introducing that you were going to be on the show. I said, and I got to meet his wife at the Coors Light Landing, and that was awesome. And I said, you know what? I think that was her first game, and the Raiders won. So now she's the good luck charm, and she's got to be with you at all the time. Just saying. Okay, so here's the thing, though. If that's going to be the case, someone's going to have to pay to her for travel. Right? Like, like you know, flights are expensive these days, guys. True, you know? true. So it's <laughs> So we make that happen. Let's make it happen. If Raider Nation wants to, like, now you're going to get to meet my nine-year-old. My nine-year-old's coming to the next home game with me. Nice, um, nice. And she's very excited. She's the one who, when everyone was asking about touchdown calls and yeah. all that stuff, um, she's the one that came up with, and I have it on my phone somewhere, which I can't pull up and play for you right now, but it goes something like, three, two, one, touchdown! <laughs> uh, very, very unique in that regard. That's awesome. I remember that video. I remember you showing me that. And I was saying that that's something we need to get on a hot key and just go ahead and let that play in Allegiant Stadium every time you, the Raiders score. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Well, she'll be there, and, and we'll, you know, we'll get her up and running with everybody on the, on the, the Colts game. And hopefully, 
we're getting ready to go above 500 at that point. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, no pressure, Jason. You just got to call a couple more doves before that happens. No pressure <laughs> at all. Just go ahead and make that happen. Again, we're talking with Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So let's stick with the touchdown calls. The Raiders had three of them. Well, three yeah. touchdown runs from Josh Jacobs and a touchdown catch from Mac Hollins, three for three in the red zone. Does it look like they're starting to, you know, figure things out, especially in the red zone where they're able to cash in with seven instead of three? So a couple of different things. Yes. And I think the most impressive and important part of that is that it happened against the Texans. And I know Raiders fans and a lot of people expected the Raiders to blow out Houston, which, you know, final result certainly looks that way. Game itself wasn't, right? We were trailing heading into the fourth quarter. Yep. But... As, as, you know, as, as much as Houston is towards the bottom of the NFL, and I don't just mean record-wise, I think the expectations, the, the roster, the league, the, you know, that, they are where people thought they would be at 1-4-1, and one, something like that. Yep. But, but where they were successful going into Week 7 was they were one of the best red zone defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. They had, I believe, and I don't have my chart in front of me, but I believe at that moment they were giving up like, I think there were 7 of 18 touchdowns in the red zone, something percentage-wise, that was top seven or top six in the NFL. So the fact that the Raiders, a team that have struggled all year to, to score in the red zone, touchdowns that is, went three for three, that's awesome. That's a major win. Um, you know, sco- moving the ball on the Texans, everybody's moved the ball on the Texans. Right. Scoring on the Texans, nobody has scored on the Texans. So that was a big deal. Uh, so all those things are big. The Raiders have scored points. Yeah, I think I, I think we have we went into last week. Fifty three percent of drives ended in points. That's number one in the NFL, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that number is even higher now. I didn't look at it yet. But I'm sure that number is even higher right now. But all of those, you know, so many of those were field goals. So as long as that trajectory stays in that direction, then then you got something cooking. Yeah, Jason, the Raiders, they are so good at scoring the ball. Also in the red zone, they're scoring on 95%, but, you know, more field goals than touchdowns. And we spoke so much about identity leading up to the Texans game. Do you think that the Raiders have found that identity now with Josh Jacobs running the ball? I think so. You know, it'd be, it'd be really hard for us to say, hey, let's go back to throwing the ball 70% of the time. Um, you know, multiple things go into this. One is he has to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we haven't seen really Zamir White or Amir Abdullah or Brandon Bolden have to run the football. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs. And, and, you know, the other good thing about all this is he's running the ball and gaining all these yards, and he's not having to carry it 30 times a game. Right. You know, he, he's over seven yards a carry because he's only carrying it 20, 21, 22 times. So that's, that's a big deal in terms of touches. Now, he's also catching four or five balls every game in the screen game. That's big, too. That means he doesn't have to come off the field. Josh McDaniels from day one has talked about how important the screen game is. So the fact that Josh Jacobs could be on the field for you know, 80% of plays, 85% of plays, whatever the number is, that's a big deal. Um, and I think people are happy for him. Look, Josh Jacobs, for all the criticism, you guys, that Raiders first-round picks have taken – and you go back farther than I do, but as many years back as you want to go, right. for all the criticism they've taken, Josh Jacobs has had some good years. Mm-hmm. He really has. He's had in a pro bowler. And this is year four, and it was a year, hey, we're not going to pick up your option. Maybe it's because the running back position is somewhat devalued. Maybe it's because we don't. you have to prove it, stay healthy, whatever the reason. He's done it, and then some. Um, and and he, he, along with Nick Chubb, are, are playing as the two – I, I think they're playing as the two best backs in the NFL. I agree. 
I agree 100%. Jason Horowitz is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. As far as the offensive line goes, with the success that Josh is having, obviously the offensive line is doing a good job run blocking. How much confidence do you think that that's giving them, and how much do you think that that could even help them as they continue to try to develop as pass blockers as well? I think it's huge. I, I, I think I, I know all along the conversation has been, hey, we're going to go with whoever's playing well. We're going to find our rotation. We're going to continue to rotate guys. But we all know to have continuity, you have to have guys that are playing together. And with the exception of rotating at the right side, and Jermaine Illuminor got banged up, uh, so, so that certainly played a role. But Sarah Mumford is playing. There, there was a play in the second or third quarter. I think it was on the touchdown run, the second one, where, where Josh Jacobs is downfield, and, uh, where, where Sarah Mumford Jr. is downfield and gets a block. And we called it out on the air. And, and, and Lincoln's arms are up in the air like he scored a touchdown. Like Lincoln scored a touchdown. <laughs> and I, I said that to him on the air. He's like, I love a big man running. <laughs> Which is great. Like, you know, they're playing downhill and, and it's showing. And, uh, you know, all, all of those things have to give these guys confidence, right? I mean, Josh, Josh Jacobs right now is on a list that includes Eric Dickerson and O.J. Simpson and Derrick Henry and Adrian Peterson and a couple others. Um that's, that's exclusive company, right? Those are Hall of Fame company guys. And, and that's three straight games with 140 rushing yards and a touchdown. That's, those are massive, massive numbers that they put together. And they're 2-1. and one. I think all Raiders fans think they should be 3-0 and oh in those games. Absolutely. Um, and it's certainly showing what this team can do if they become a running team, which, which they are. Right. Yep, that's exactly who their identity is, is run the ball, and that opens up everything else. That opens up the pass game for Devontae, Waller, if he's out there, Renfro, everybody else, Mac Hollins, whatever the case may be, it all yeah. comes from, in my opinion, starting with Josh Jacobs. So, Jason, on Sunday, it's going to be Halloween weekend. Of course, Halloween's on Monday. You're in New Orleans. What are you expecting just the environment to be like there in New Orleans? Well, so, so getting in on Saturday, right, well, that'll be a, that'll be a thing. That's right. Spectacle. You know, I, I've been to New Orleans multiple times for Final Fours. Uh, in fact, the Final Four this year uh, was in New Orleans. So I've spent a lot of time in New Orleans in the last 15, 16 years. Um, I've never been there, though, for a Saints game. And so I've only ever seen Saints games, at least in New Orleans, on TV. Right. So I'm not positive what that atmosphere is like other than what I've seen on TV. I know it can get rough. I, the team itself. You know, they probably also feel that they should be better than their record. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of hey, why are we sticking with Andy Dalton? Like he's supposed to be the guy that's not the turnover guy. If he's going to throw three second quarter interceptions and two pick sixes, well, why are we going back to Jameis Winston? But like, you know, they they can score, right? And and what has the Raiders' problem been? The Raiders' problem has been stopping the opponent, and yep. it, that was evident that Sunday too. Yeah. And so whether Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, it depends who's back, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas and those guys that are trying to get healthy. But Chris Olave, the, he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Month in September. Right. And, and they've got this new guy. His name is Rashid Shahid. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've talked about him this week. Yep. He's had two touches. They've both been touchdowns. <laughs> a 44-yard catch and a 53-yard get, uh, run, or vice yep. versa. Yep. And, and – and, you know, he's a guy that has the FCS record for, for kickoff returns for touchdowns. Mm. So he's clearly explosive. The Saints have had a bunch of those guys throughout their time. And, and Alvin Kamara not to be, you know, forgotten either. So, so this is clearly a team that can score. Um, it's also clearly a team that can throw the ball away. And, and the Raiders, 
are starting, not every game, but we're starting to build up some takeaways here. So maybe those things are going to converge, but I would expect a high-scoring game. Everyone thinks the Raiders are going to win. They're favored on the road. That's a big deal for a 2-14, and um, but they better get a couple of stops. Yeah, no, they will. Again, Jason Horowitz also, is our guest. Go also, ahead. the question is, should I be in costume? Is that what you were asking? <laughs> should I wear <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I, it's funny you said that because I can picture you doing that. I can picture you showing up in a costume. I feel like you would have no problem doing that. Oh, of course not. I don't know what protocol is. I've only been employed for three months. I'd like to stay that way. Um, I really like this job, Q. I don't want to lose it. <laughs> I don't want you to either, man. I, we got a good thing going here, man. I need you to stick around. I need you to be my guy. Maybe if you <laughs> just show... <laughs> what would be the acceptable... Co- First of all, no way is Lincoln wearing a costume, okay? We both know that. Right. You, but, but, but what would be the acceptable radio broadcaster costume to wear uh, uh, in New Orleans on Sunday? Probably only Darth Vader. Okay. That would probably... I that. That would probably, that's my best guess. I know I'm, I'm not saying go do it because, look, you know radio doesn't pay too well. So if, if, if you lose your job, I can find a spot for you, but it's not, the budget's going to be really cut. Do you think, when I see, when I see Dave Ziegler in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the booth, wherever we are, right, uh, and I'm right there in a Darth Vader suit, do you think he's immediately calling uh, either either Mark Davis or um, <laughs> Andrew Davis, Douglas Morgan, and saying, "Hey guys, we we, we need to fire this guy." Right. <laughs> I, I'm not sure he's all there. Right. Call, call Lincoln. Lincoln, what is wrong with your broadcast partner? What what is what has he gotten into? So so he said. So my wife got to spend the entire game in the booth with us, and it was wonderful. I enjoyed every moment of it. She's been to games I've done before, but never in that capacity. Right. Never in a press box. Never you know a basketball game press row. Um, I've done lacrosse and been on the sidelines and things, but she's never been. So, so she's never been that close to it. And there was a wonderful, uh, for anyone who was in the building, and I know we talked about it on the air. I don't know if you talked about it this week, but there was a wonderful tribute to cancer survivors. Yeah. Um, with Rachel Patton singing fight song. And there mm-hmm. were five and, and all relatively young, right? right? Young folks who have gone through cancer and chemo and, and at the moment are chemo free and, um, hopefully forever cancer free and all of those things that we all, you know, nobody disagrees on any of those things. Right. So there was a wonderful moment with that. And I started belting out fight song in the booth. And Lincoln looks at me, <laughs> throws up his hands in the air. He looked over at my wife's hair and he's like, you chose to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my wife says all the time, too. That's what people say to her all the time. Like, you actually chose that. That That's your bad. <laughs> That's funny. Someone else that you wanted to have in the booth, Jason, you sent out the invite to Carl Weathers on Twitter, and I know Did that would accept? be an honor. He accepted? Did he accept? I didn't see him accept, but I wanted to ask you the deep question of, why is Rocky Four the best Rocky to you? Why is Rocky Four the best Rocky to me? Yes. <laughs> so so I do like Rocky Four, but Carl Weathers isn't in Rocky Four. No, I but like I just wanted to ask because Rocky Rocky's Three is the best one. Well, yeah. <laughs> So I struggle with that, though, because Rocky Three is all my favorite people, right? You've got Thunderlips, Apollo, uh, which, is, which is Hulk Hogan. You've got, you know, all the great, you still have um, Burgess Meredith, which is, you know, Hall of Fame actor, and, and, and he plays um, Nick and, and all that stuff. So you still have him in there. But it's really sad, guys. He dies. And then he goes and fights, and then he's like, that's, you know, and Clubber Lang. And like, there's just, you know, why does Mr. T have to be made such a bad guy? 
Everybody loves Mr. T. Why do you got to be a bad guy? And Rocky Four. I will say this. I watched Rocky Four on the plane ride to Vegas Friday. I don't know why it was on, but it was on. <laughs> and I watched Rocky Four. I, you know, I always grew up. I love that movie. You know, U.S. versus Russia and, 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 you know, the Cold War in the 80s. And if I can change, you can change. Everybody can change. If you go back and watch the last 10 minutes of that movie once the fight ends, it's really cheesy. <laughs> like, really bad. <laughs> so maybe Rocky Three is the best one. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I, when it comes to the movie conversation, I'm, I'm always out of it. I don't have any idea. I, I just stick with Rocky One because that's the one I know. So there well, you go. Well, Creed is very good, and then Creed Two is very good. That's what and I hear. Michael B. Jordan, who plays, uh, you know, Apollo Creed's son, um, he just released last week the trailer because they're coming out with Creed Three, yeah, uh, which looks too awesome. That's too much awesome. for me. Man. I think he, too much. I think he was in the crowd for the Cardinals game. Which means he's not allowed to come back ever again. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's abs- no, you're absolutely right. Look, it's only weird if it doesn't work, right? It's only right. weird if it doesn't work. So, yeah, he's not allowed back in. But uh, now your wife, we have to make sure she gets to every single game because we need the Raiders to win. And, yeah, there you, you go. It. So We'll work on it. We'll there you go. It. Well, Jason, it's, it's always great, man, catching up with you. We always appreciate you sharing your time with us and sharing your stories. And no more kidney stones, man. No more kidney stones for oh, you. Oh, God, I- Dude, I hope so. And no God. more and no more playing defensive back for me. We're out of that. We're yeah, done with it. Now we will we will honor both of those. <laughs> right on, See Jason. Thanks so much, Have my a man. Rest of your week. All right, you too, brother. Have a good call. There he goes. Jason Horowitz, the Raiders play-by-play voice right there. Good dude, man. Real good dude. Uh, love to spend some time with him each and every show. And you never know what story you're going to hear, Damon. You never know what story you're going to hear. I don't feel as bad about my hands getting scraped up by Vegas Jess and his malicious act of pushing me in the back. I don't feel as bad now because I didn't fall in the hole and I didn't break my uh, my elbows. So uh, And have to go to a job interview on top of that. That would have been all bad. But uh, thanks to Jason Horowitz for his time this afternoon. 3.52 is the time. We'll come back. Lincoln Kennedy, his broadcast partner, he'll join us to start the show or start the hour coming up uh, at 4 o'clock. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up before we get to Lincoln Kennedy, going to have to go out to the phone lines real quick. Got a very patient Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? IQ and uh, Demond, you know, I know people tell you guys this, but I'm telling you this: we, the Raider Nation, love this station, man. It, you guys make, you guys got great guests, good things, and it, it, it's just wonderful, man. I just want to say, I just want to say thank you because we never had this, had this before, this platform before in, in the Raiders Nation. But hey, just real quick, I know we on time thing. Hey, um, my my biggest fear is is Kamara. Hey, uh, that dude is fastest. You you thought um, Pierce was fast last week? <laughs> right, hey, right. That dude is a jet. He get a hole, he's gone. And, and and the second thing, I've been to the Raiders um, when um, Crabtree caught that bat, that ball on uh, fourth down with Jack Dovey. I was at the I was at that game nice. in um, in New Orleans, and the one before that when we um, when Aaron Aaron the quarterback was uh, Aaron. I forgot his name. Aaron but, Brooks. Brooks, see, I, I was that, that's how far back I went to New Orleans because I got family, some family down there. But I just want to say the biggest key for us, man, that offensive line is playing so great. Just keep running the ball. Don't go. There's no reason to throw the ball. I mean, you can throw it, but right. run the ball till they stop it. Just yeah. like in this game, 
Just keep running. That's it. That's our key to victory from now on. Because, I mean, Jacobs ain't going to get 140 yards against every team because their defense is pretty good. But my thing is play-action pass going to help us. And I just want to say, man, hey, Q, we got to see the video, man. Uh, uh, You on that one-on-one. We need the video, man. Get the video. But I just want to say, man, y'all doing a great job. Just keep it up. I love the guests. I listen to you guys. I don't call in every day, but I I listen to you guys every day at work because, man, ain't nothing like this station for Raider Nation, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate you. And Raider Nation is why we do it, man. Seriously. So uh, thank you so much for the compliments. We do appreciate you. Speaking of those great guests, we got one coming up next. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. He'll join the show. He does it every Tuesday and Thursday. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.